What's going on, No Bad Dog Army? Hope you guys are well. Happy freaking Monday. It is cold in New York. I hope you guys are well. I am well. Uh, I, I am so excited for you guys to listen to this podcast. Uh, we just launched a new video today. We launched a new hoodie today, and we're launching this awesome podcast with my guest, Natalie Dobkins. Um, for those of you who don't know, she's going to introduce herself, but for those of you who don't know, Natalie was the face of, and kind of still is, we don't know, you have to get into the podcast to figure things out. Natalie was once uh, and maybe still is the face of canine performance. Um, Natalie, from my uh, experience with her, is fantastically spoken. Um, she's she's very kind. Um, she's a great teacher. Um, she's great. And Natalie went through some stuff. This is gonna there's gonna be a couple little swear words in here, so I'll prompt you right now and prime you that Natalie Natalie went through some shit. And, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in trying to help people out. I mean, that's, that's literally my whole life is to get on my hands and knees and humble myself and help animals where they need to be helped. And that's been my whole career. It's my whole life. It's why I was put on this planet. And I think Natalie's one of those people as well. But Natalie also went through some personal stuff that she had to battle. So this podcast goes over kind of her story. Um, I hope it empowers anybody out there that is struggling with relationships, uh, business, abuse, uh, anything, you know, that you're in a dark place. Um, Natalie's story is motivational and inspiring. And I wanted as many people as I could possibly help her tell, um, to tell. And so that's what I did is I had Natalie on the podcast, not only because she's a good trainer, she's got an amazing story. She's inspirational for young women. She's inspirational for young dog trainers. And she's inspirational for me for being, so strong and I'm proud of her for all the stuff that she's been through and, and overcome just as a human being outside of being a, a good dog trainer as well. Another great aspect of this podcast, which I get asked every single day uh, is, and this also goes for Claire who asked this question on the podcast reviews. Claire, shout out to you. This podcast is geared right up your alley, right towards you, is how do you become a successful dog trainer? And we talk about what do you, you know, what is success measured? How, it, how is it measured? Uh, we go over social media and how it's affected the dog training industry and the things that you should be doing as a, a, a dog training company owner and uh, how many times a day you should be posting. And we really go over like everything. Again, Natalie's personal story to Natalie's professional story of how she's developed uh, an outstanding, reputable brand in the industry. Uh, and we kind of bounce ideas back and forth and we ask each other questions. It's just great. Just great. It's it's the Phoenix episode. I'm calling it right now. It's the rise from the ashes back to the Phoenix. And um, so this is also one of the best podcasts you'll listen to on my podcast about how to create a dog training business and how to be successful and what is success in the world. And um, so I know you guys are going to enjoy this. I hope you guys like it. I think it's my longest podcast ever. So sit back, relax. Um, and enjoy because I know that I did is, is a great conversation. So Natalie, I know you're listening to this. So thank you so much for hopping on. Um, Natalie's all Natalie's socials will be in the, uh, in the description below. You guys can follow her and follow her along to her story. Um, and as she continues to grow. Now, before we roll into the podcast, if you guys want to subscribe to the official No Bad Dog Members Club, you can click the link below. If you guys like my YouTube videos, you'll love the Members Club. It is access to all of the full-length videos. So instead of the 15-minute video on YouTube, you get the hour, two-hour video, and you're getting all the unreleased stuff from my seminars and things like that. It's a great community. Uh, we're paving the way. The No Bad Dog Army is so freaking strong and growing every day. I can't thank you guys so much for 
the gratitude and humbleness that you provide me every day of, of being part of it. So thank you guys so much. Enjoy the podcast. And one last thing, uh, at the end of the podcast, I answer your questions. So if you guys have dog training questions for me specifically, uh, you can go to the iTunes podcast and leave a review and actually in the comments or the review section, you can ask me your questions. So I'm going to answer three of them at the end of the podcast. So make sure you guys listen to the whole thing and enjoy the podcast. Oh, shoot. One last thing, guys. I wanted to just shout out my sponsors, Dogtra and Herm Springer. As you guys know, I have an awesome e-collar with Dogtra, and it's the only e-collars that I use. And Herm Springer is the only dog training equipment that I'll use as far as prong collars, martingales, and long lines. So thank you guys so much for my sponsors. And yeah, okay, now we're seriously going to get into the podcast. Enjoy. Natalie, if you want to give the people out there you know, your your history, what you do or not, whatever you want to do, go ahead and, and the light is on you. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Tom. Hey, everyone. I'm really excited to be here. Like Tom said, my name is Natalie Dobkins, and I am the owner and head trainer of Team Canine Training. Um, I'm based down here in North Carolina, um, around like the Raleigh-Durham area. So that's where you can find me. If you're here in the area, feel free to uh, pop into my DMs and say hello. Maybe we can meet up for some training. But um, anyway, yeah, so to just give a little bit of feedback on who I am and a little bit of my story. So um, I started training dogs back in 2017, uh, but before that, I have a pretty expansive experience with business. Um, I grew up in North Idaho, and I got my degree in marketing and advertising, lots of experience in outside sales. I've been a regional manager, account manager, project manager, uh, vice president of marketing, so a lot of experience there. But um, anyway, dog training was something that was a huge calling to me after I had um, had my own two personal dogs trained, Atlas and Aurora, and the trainer, you know, putting us through the go home lesson. It was so intriguing to me and it really captivated me and I was immediately hooked. And so I went and, you know, worked at a facility. I got my reps in of, you know, cleaning kennels. Uh, I think any dog trainer, Tom, I don't know if you agree, but uh, getting started in cleaning kennels and being around dogs is a really good way to, to get experience. You probably get that mm -hmm. question a lot. How can I start training dogs? And yeah. you probably say like, work at a kennel, right? Yeah. yeah. So being a, being a, so I'm just going to stop you there and get granule for a second because these are the things that I really like is is a little bit more granule on that. So when you say – so you had your dogs trained by a professional, and, mm -hmm. and I do get that a lot. I get a lot of questions of people that say that they did a dog training class or – they saw YouTube or they just find it really intriguing. What was your, what was your actual steps? Did you do the training with another trainer? And then what, what clicked for you that you want obviously you had a big degree of, of, of marketing and business, which I didn't know about, which is nice to know. Uh, what, what was it for you that, that made you really take the initiative to say, okay, this is something I'm, I'm interested in as an actual business. Yeah. Um, so as an actual business, um, it was something where I'm, I really love doing like systems and organization. And there was something like about dog training where it's not, you know, to a degree, it's not very like 
cookie cutter, but then at the same time, like it kind of is, you know, like there's, there's kind of, once you start to train a lot of different dogs, you kind of like have this like flow and yes, every dog is different and there are some nuances, but for the majority of the time, it's kind of like you have like the same sort of flow and you get into this rhythm and stuff. And I really, really love that. And the other thing about dog training is that when, um, you know, Atlas and Aurora were trained by a professional, um, you know, when we were doing that lesson, something that really appealed to me was that so many of the principles and fundamentals of it were very similar to fitness. And mm. another thing about me is that I'm really into health and fitness. Um, if <laughs> anyone ever finds my personal uh, Instagram page, I'm I'm always sharing things like about the gym and about health um, and how that impacts your mental health and everything. Mm, yeah. And I felt like dog training was very similar to that. It's about consistency, routine and structure, uh, self-discipline and having action to gain some more motivation. And, you know, it, it just comes down to developing more grit in your life. And it was just something that I was like, wow, like I, I really, really love this. And additionally, um, like most dog trainers, I think that we fall in love with it a lot more because we find that we kind of have a knack for it. I mean, we we have this like natural, you know, just talent, you know, with dogs. And at first we just kind of start out not really knowing much. And, you know, for you, Tom, for example, like I've, I followed along on, on your story for a pretty long time. And, you know, you are definitely one of those people that when you're working with a dog, you can just kind of tell that you just kind of like move with the dog. Like you just, you feel them, you know them and you just know how like small things that you probably don't even pay attention to. Um, you just have a natural propensity for working with dogs. So, um, you know, that's just sort of something that called me to it. And in the business side, I've always been a passionate teacher. I think that's where my zone of genius is. I just really love teaching other people and breaking things down and distilling information in a way that's digestible. So a little bit of like a long winded answer for you, but <laughs> hopefully that yeah, answered that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Cause I, I do get that question a lot and I think everybody has their own story and, and you know, I, I, I always like hearing stories and, and for the most part, everybody's kind of have a similar story where there's just something that clicks because I think in school, like it would be different if I had you on the podcast and you were like, I don't know, uh, something that's a little bit more uh, mainstream. Like you're like, oh, I'm an accountant or, oh, I'm uh, whatever, like, which is not bad. It's just something in school prepped you for that. And I think, you know, the dog training world and just the dog world in general is uh, schools never prep you for that. So I'm always interested to see what happened, you know, in your life in a good or a bad way that kind of led you down that path. And I, and I know for a fact that there's so many people that are looking for that inspiration to, to, to really get out there and and become a a professional. And I think professional for me, you know, is just being able to pay your bills, doing what you love. I think that that's pretty cool. So, and that's, and that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast because I know, you know, you've had your, just like everyone else, you've, you've had your ups and downs publicly, privately, um, you know, being a, being a, a young woman too, just coming up in, in, into any type of business, I think is, is also has a set of challenges that I, I may have never seen or have faced. So anyway, so moving forward from that, um, so you became a trainer professionally in 2017. 
so I started really getting into dog training in, in 2017 and I, um, I kind of was like a, a understudy, um, underneath the, the guy who had originally trained Atlas and Aurora. Um, mm. but he just wasn't in a place to take on anyone. So I was like, well, I love this so much. And so I, I left my corporate job and I actually went and worked at a, a large scale facility. Um, you know, they have a lot of facilities around the country and that's where I got a lot of my reps in. I was just so thirsty for knowledge and for experience. And there was something about it where I was like, I just, I have to do this. I, I can't go back to a corporate job and be in a cubicle anymore and mm. you know doing all, all the things that i i was doing so i was like okay i'm gonna take a leap of faith and i'm gonna leave my my salaried corporate job and yeah. i'm going to go and be seven dollars an hour worker um and you know just rotate through a whole bunch of dogs for almost a year i did that and it was really amazing but um unfortunately it was a type of training that just didn't sit well with me. I, I pursued a lot of my own education on my own. Um, I was taking online courses. I was watching videos, um, just consuming a whole lot of content from a variety of areas. And um, the training that I was doing, I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, yeah. I realized that it wasn't the type of training that I was doing justice to the dogs and something that I became really passionate about in dog training is that I felt like I was giving a voice to dogs. And maybe that's another part of why dog training resonated with me. Um, I had a pretty rough childhood growing up and I left home at 16 um, and finished out high school, put myself through college. Um, and there were so many people that spoke up for me. And I think that was maybe something that appealed to me about dog training a little bit. I felt like I was giving a voice to those that didn't really have a voice. It, I, I don't. I don't know if I'm explaining that very well, but yeah. that's kind of how I felt about dog training. And at the time, the training I was doing, I was like, this, this isn't the right type of training. So then, um, you know, I was, I was at in between a rock and a hard place. I was like, do I go back to corporate life? that I really don't want to do, um, or do I continue to train in a way that I know isn't right? And then that came to, um, you know, a conversation. Um, with, uh, you know, my, my, my previous, uh, um, my, my previous relationship, my, my ex, um, of like, oh, well, maybe we should just, you know, start a dog training business. And funny enough, it was actually, um, a prompt for a YouTube video of like how to start your business in, in one day. I don't know if you can mm -hmm. find that on, on YouTube still, but that's essentially how it got started. And then that is what birthed my, my previous company, which, um, is canine performance. And so what started as kind of like, okay, well, like, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Like it was a good YouTube prompt of how to start a business in one day. Um, it actually turned into something. Uh, that company was actually, people ask me all the time, um, of just like, wow, did, did you think that it was ever going to, you know, get that large? And I was like, honestly, no, it was never supposed to be that large. It was, you know, a YouTube prompt for, you know, like a quick video. Um, and it ended up taking off and it, you know, just being a business owner, was so 
gratifying. I, I don't know if you feel that way, you know, Tom, yeah. at the end of the day where you just feel so fulfilled and you know that nothing else that you could do in your life is going to give you the same fulfillment as being a business owner um, and being a dog training business owner. Um, yeah. if, if that makes sense. <laughs> it does. I want to, it does totally does. It, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I want to go back to that leap of faith way back to yeah. what you said, because I, I want to get granule with you because it's, it's important for me to go over go over this to to hopefully yeah. inspire other people and inspire me and anybody else and, and maybe you know inspire you even again to to kind of remember <laughs> remember that leap of faith. So when you were when you moved from your corporate job to say like okay I'm gonna start this company um, with at the time your ex boyfriend when when you were like all right I'm gonna make this jump which is the hardest jump I think that's the hardest yeah. thing it doesn't matter if you're a chef or you're starting a tech tech company or a janitorial service company like that jump where you're like all right I'm leaving my my safety net of mm -hmm. if you will a nine to five with probably Benny's and you know a <laughs> comfort zone what was that like for you and and what are what are some things that inspired you to to take that jump to to say okay I'm going to give this up to start my own dog training company do you have any do you remember any of that stuff oh yeah okay absolutely what was it um I definitely think about that you know kind of quite a bit um uh, the first thing that always comes to mind is the level of imposter syndrome that i felt i was yeah. like there's no like who am i to think that i can do this like who do i think that i am that i can own a company what like <laughs> i'm gonna rely only on myself and also additionally of just like I was like, can I even train dogs? Like, is like, I, I, I don't have that. Like I, I need to, you know, shadow more people and I, and I don't know everything. And it was one of those things of, you know, actually taking a look at my, you know, experience from, you know, 2017 when I first started getting into dog training and then in July of 2019, when Canine Performance was launched, um, of all of that experience that I had and, and you know, the, the vast majority of dogs that had been through my hands that I knew that I could train and having that imposter syndrome was really hard and um you know when i'm talking with other aspiring dog trainers and they're like i you know like do you have any tips about like you know how to get started and stuff like i, I feel like i just don't have enough knowledge and i think that anyone that's about to start their business is going to feel that way mm -hmm. um and it, it, it's just it can be really crippling I, I think that a lot of people put off starting their their business because they're like who do i think i am like mm -hmm. i like I, I need more experience and it was terrifying. And the thing about it is what got me through that was that I, I already made money before. Like I, I had a job, I left a job. So that means that if I fail, then one, I can say that I did it. At the end of the day, I can say that I did something that the majority of people will never say that they're able to do. And then two is that, you know, um, you know, I, I can always go back. I, I can always go back to corporate life. I, I was mm. I was an original manager, an account manager, and a project manager, vice president of marketing. I can always go back and do those things. So why not take a chance on myself? I deserve that for me. Um, and so, did you? you know, for, sorry, sorry yeah. to interrupt. I was just gonna say, did yeah. you did you go full like did you quit like cold turkey and then go full time, or did you do part time training? and do your corporate and then switch once you gained some clients or did you just quit like done? Like, no, 
just just full full in just full in it was it was find clients natalie or they're 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 you're not going to make rent you're not going to be able to put food on on the table so it was really just one of those things where um you know it it was really just like a a leap of of faith and in being able to do that now i will say that because of my background and having a lot of knowledge in in business um i think that that prepared me a little bit more and maybe that um maybe i just felt a little bit more prepared for it because i i knew about things about like having your LLC and your EIN and having contracts and payment processors and um, your logo and, and setting up all of these different things that can feel really overwhelming if you haven't been mm. um, in the business space and you don't have that business acumen. And luckily I do. So maybe that was one of the things that um, it made it a little bit easier um, to do that. Um, was it actually easy? <laughs> That's a different story because once I actually got the dogs, I remember literally sitting in my uh, downstairs uh, room in my townhome and being like, okay, well now what do I do with you? Like I I have this dog now what (laughs) I was Mm -hmm. like, so terrified. Um, So, you know, just taking a chance on yourself and, you know, being able to overcome that imposter syndrome. Um, And if it helps with overcoming the imposter syndrome of having a plan in place, um, you know, I feel like that can also help lend a little bit more support to yourself before maybe you go cold turkey. And that's not to say that maybe you should go cold turkey like I did and just completely quit your job. I think that that is really great if you're not you know, in a place that you can do that, um, of, you know, kind of being part-time and like also like doing, you know, dog training on the side or, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. And just so people know, uh, imposter, if you don't know what imposter syndrome is, it's essentially when you do something and you don't, you almost like don't have the confidence or believe in yourself, or you think that, or you, you have an internal like complex that you're fooling people, that you're not good enough for the things that you're in this case, the services you're offering. And it's something that I go through all the time. It's something that a lot of really, 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 really big creators go through. Uh, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard A-list actors still talk about it, like Bradley Cooper. I've heard Joe Rogan talk about it. Uh, people who sell out arenas still have imposter syndrome, and it's it's interesting. And I think imposter syndrome is it lends itself to people who are very innate and passionate about what they do, because they're yeah. almost because it. Like for you, and I, and I don't know about me, and I think about this all the time, is there is a certain amount of work that goes into developing a brand, developing a business, developing a system, all of that stuff. And then you have to be good at working with dogs. And then you have to be good at working with people. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and, and, and so I think for me, I, I'm very fortunate and grateful and lucky. And I know a lot of people out there are also like this, is where I don't, I don't really have to prepare anything, is... Somebody can call me right now and talk to me about a huge behavioral problem and just what's in my brain, I can just off the cuff go. Like I don't, you know what I mean? Like I don't need anything to prepare that beautiful dish. I'm just like, at some point in my life, it was just given to me in a sense of like what to say, what not to say. And then of course, a lot of studying and hard work working with dogs. But anyway, I just wanted to clarify for imposter syndrome, people who are out there listening that are like, you know, Googling what it is. But anyway, I just, I just wanted to touch on that because I think a lot of people know what it is, but maybe they don't. And I just wanted to clarify. 
Okay. Yeah, definitely. So cool. So so you went through uh, the whole thing. You know, you were like, okay, I'm not. Can I do this? Can I not do this? Are people gonna pay for this? Are they gonna like me? Am I gonna do good? Like you know, all that stuff is normal uh, for anybody out there that's that's listening that's has a business in general or is thinking about starting a dog training business. You know, Natalie just talked about the things that she did, and she went, she ended up, you know, developing a, a big company and a big following, and continues to grow and be successful. All right, so f- is there anything else that that you want to add to maybe the blueprint for anybody listening that's in that grinding stage of is this going to work or is it not? Is there anything else that you, that you felt was very key for you? Yeah. Um, I really felt like having community was really key. So, um, you know, when camp performance started, um, like I said, it, it was like this, this little tiny thing. It, it was never supposed to be huge at all. And I just started posting to social media, um, and, you know, just sharing some of the different things that I, I really wish that the world knew about dogs. And, um, and, and, you know, that led to some people that, you know, found the account and they started following and they started interacting and I, you know, gained some friends. And there's definitely some people that, you know, back in 2019 that has started talking to me then. I'm I'm still really close to them now. And they're definitely a support system that I I lean on and not just, you know, with dogs. Sometimes it's other trainers. Sometimes it's other just dog owners and they're just sharing their journey in Mm -hmm. dog training as well um and that was just something that was so incredibly important when i was starting out was just finding your tribe of people that can lift you up and support you um in a variety of different ways um and for me not just with the dog training and helping me overcome some of those imposter syndrome or things um would happen and and i wouldn't know how to navigate the business side of it um and i had some you know people to help me with that but just also emotional support as well and you know we'll get in i I mean I'll, i'll share some of it a little bit later, but there has been a lot of emotional turmoil in my life for the past several um, years and just finding people that were able to emotionally um, keep me grounded and to keep me going day after day um, is something that was like really important, especially as a, as a business owner and as a dog trainer, um, not just the dog training support, not just the business support, but find people who can really prop you up emotionally is really, really key. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I can remember Natalie, like there, there are times what I really like about you is you do, you do ask questions and you do reach out for information and you're hungry for that. And and I've noticed that about you. Even I can remember many years ago when I was on a live, I think you were on there <laughs> via YouTube or Instagram. And I remember you asking questions and, um, that was really cool to me, to see somebody else, you know, in the dog training community, creating content and being, uh, you know, in an active, large public figure in the community asking questions and that, and I'm, I, I definitely try to do the same thing to, to my colleagues and people that I trust. So it means a lot to me that you, you've trusted me at some point in your career. Um, and, and I can attest to that too, that I, I know that you have done that yourself. And, and I think that that's, that's cool. And I can, uh, I can agree with the community. So, so as you started to grow the company, you started posting on Instagram, right? You're like posting videos on just random shit, right? You're like, this is how Mm -hmm. to do this, or this is how to do that. You were just working with clients, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So pretty much just, um, you know, 
my my main goal when I had uh, started Canon Performance, I quickly realized that there were a lot of barriers in the industry that were keeping people from being able to train their dog. And um, I really specifically remember this. It was in um, like October of 2019. Um, and there were a lot of people that were reaching out to me about dog training. And they're like, hey, do you do virtual lessons? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I really love your philosophy on these things. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, I, I didn't think I had any, any special like to offer and they're like I love how you break this down and um, you know I started asking people I was like well you know you should really work with someone like in person hands-on and so many people were like yeah but there's not anyone like near me that I know like or trust or maybe it was that it's too expensive for mm -hmm. them but I love my dog so much I just really wish that I could afford it because it's like four thousand dollars for a board and train or you know whatever it may be and so um, you know, that, that year, like around like October of 2019, I was like, I would love to do a course for dog training. I am saying the same things over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, every lesson, the majority of dogs are always struggling with the same things. I'm always answering the same questions on social media. I feel like I'm making the same videos. I should just put all this into a course. And so that is how I started um, building out some of the different courses that I have created. Um, and with that, it kind of came a lot of inspiration of developing content. And so, um, you know, just consistently posting on Instagram and giving really value driven content um it, that really attracted a lot of people and then also creating um a lot of um you know relationships with others and just you know working with others and, and collaborating on different stuff going live with people um you know reaching out going to you know seminars and meeting other dog trainers and things like that and so um i started developing out these online courses continued to do dog training um and then ended up launching um, an online training platform, which originally was called Canine Performance Online. And I had um, a course that I created that was called The Basics of Obedience, uh, The Foundations, and then Advanced Obedience as well. And people were like, wow, this is really great. And so I started, um, you know, doing uh, live lessons every other Thursday um, and doing Q&As and everything like that. Um, and people were really, really loving it. And so, you know, you know, continuing to put out all this content really saw a need for online um, courses and things like that. Um, and so, you know, I just continued to do that throughout the years. And it was something that was really awesome to see that so many people are actually really interested in training their dog. Um, mm. I remember paying for um, a, a study to be done. Um, and it's about 4% of dog owners in the United States um, get their dog professionally trained, which is kind of crazy um, that it's such a low amount of number. And yeah. I think that recently with COVID and people having to live with their dog more on a day-to-day -day basis. I'd be really interested to see, um, you know, if another study was done of people that are investing into their dog's training, what that number would be now, because it's actually kind of crazy how many people really are investing in living a good life with their dog. They just don't know how to do it, yeah, I guess. <laughs> they don't know how to start. So, you, yeah. so you've done a really good job at de developing a community uh, with your clients and friends and community. 
and so when you were building, and again, I'm just, I'm, I'm always going to go back on you. So just to get granular, cause I'm, I, I want this podcast to be this stepping stone and hopefully inspire somebody to, to go out there and pursue their dreams like, like you and I did and continue to do. And Absolutely. S- and so, so you were creating content on Instagram, you were posting things that you thought were valuable. Uh, and I know that it kind of went and then you started because you can't offer you can, but you didn't offer these classes for sale online until you developed a community. So yeah. how much time were you spending on social media creation and how important do you think it is for somebody out there that creates some sort of content creation? Because I find that in today's day, and I'll just give you my unsolicited two cents. Um, I find in, in today it's it's so difficult first of all the market now is completely saturated like you yep. can't you can't swipe through any social media pinterest instagram facebook without seeing a dog churning ad for some company which is interesting which we can talk about later but um my question to you is is how much two of them how much time did you spend on social media and how important do you think it is for people to to make content for social media to develop the brand to be able to then launch your own products and your own like classes um i think that it's a it's a huge necessity i don't think that you are going to be able to successfully launch things without having um a presence on social media of some type because in order to you know have someone give you money in exchange for what you have they have to first of all they have to know about you and if you're not on Mm -hmm. social media and you're not creating content how are people going to know about you Mm -hmm. and the next thing is that they have to like you and so the content that you're putting out you know it needs to be uh your personality needs to shine through your expertise needs to shine through um and then they have to be able to trust you and people can only trust people if you are consistently putting out your expertise, your personality, your face, you know, all these different things. And so creating content is really, really important. And so to answer your other question, how much time was I spending? So my, my routine um, that I got into pretty quickly is that um, I would get all of my boarding trains out in the morning and we would do our mile walk. We would do like our training and then I would go to the gym and at the gym, I would go um, and warm up on the Stairmaster and I would not get off of the Stairmaster until I had a post done. I had a post written. I would write it in my notes on my phone. um, And then I would have a picture and I would create a graphic. And I don't want to like take, (laughs) I don't want to like take credit for this, but like um, in some ways I feel like I didn't really see a lot of other dog trainers like really doing this until I started doing it consistently. But um, I would have like a picture of like me and a dog that I was training and then you would swipe and it would have like um, like a, a TLDR, which is like too long, didn't read pretty much like what is this post going to be about? And, you know, sometimes it would be like a graphic, like a visual graphic or something like that. And then I would go in depth into the post and something that I found that I was really good at doing was writing long form content on Instagram. So essentially what that means is that writing long captions and I, um, and in a way that's easily digestible and, you know, disseminate a lot of my knowledge and break it down in a way for someone that has zero dog training skill to be able to be like, huh, that makes Mm -hmm. sense. That's really cool. And then being able to share that to their story, to be able to comment with their own 
thoughts, um, experiences, whatever it may be, or to save it, um, you know, for later um, and just doing that. And so that would be about 30 minutes to an hour. So yes, I, I was I was on the Stairmaster for about 30 minutes to an hour, and then I would go and do my workout. Um, and then, you know, other types of content, you know, besides Instagram, I was on my stories all the time. You know, people want to be told, um, you know, a, a story, they, they want to see the process of things. And so sharing the journey of a board and train, uh, sharing your own personal life, I think that that's also really important. People want to know, like, who you are. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, all those different things, like a lot of people listening to this podcast, you know, they've kept up with you personally throughout the years, like you, you recently, you know, got married, like you've been building out your facility, there's different things that like you're sharing about your personal life. And that makes people, you know, like you even more and trust you even more. So I think that that's really important. Um, and then, you know, YouTube videos as well, and having a presence there, which you are obviously like the king of YouTube. So <laughs> <laughs> you would have more to say in, in that regard. Um, so you were doing yeah, that, you're doing that every day. Yep. So, so every, every day on Instagram, I think that I went, um, probably about like a year and a half, I think of posting just about every single day. Um, and it was, it was hard. So, um, you know, for, for those of you that are wanting to start your own business, like it was, it was challenging and I really had to prioritize it. Um, and, um, it was a skill that I needed to learn. Um, I grew up in a bilingual household. Um, and so my, I personally think that my spelling and my grammar is just shit. Oh, sorry. I don't, I don't know if, you if we can curse here. Yeah, you can. <laughs> um, cur curse, 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 curse is good. <laughs> it, it's just, it's really shitty and it's really embarrassing. And I always felt like I was really bad at writing, but I think that throughout the years of posting every day to canine performance, it really grew my writing skill a lot and it made me a better teacher. I don't know if you, if you feel that way, Tom, about like all of the YouTube videos that you do um, and, you know, all of the content that you put out, because you put out a lot of content as well. Do you feel like doing all that content has made you a better teacher? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I am so, yes, because I am so like, rehearsed that you can't I don't want to say you can't catch me off guard or surprise me but I've just answered so many questions and I've written 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 <laughs> talking about <laughs> talking about grammar I've written so many posts and blogs and emails and whatever over the years that I'm just I'm just so sharp you know so yeah. it's definitely created uh, for me to be a better teacher because I am a very visual person which is why I created a YouTube channel in the first place and not a blog is because mm -hmm. I, I I need to learn by watching somebody like the like I don't Google how to fix this in my refrigerator or my car I I YouTube it I'm like I gotta see it yeah so absolutely yeah. it's it's definitely yes the answer is yes because it it gives me like a full well rounded ability to to if I'm if so put it this way peeps out there that are listening if you're if so what Natalie's talking about is she's on the stairmaster writing out a caption for an Instagram post and she's writing it and she's thinking it and she's she's erasing things she's going back she's thinking about other things she's trying to get creative she's trying to engage people she's trying to get people to save this and to share it and to comment it and all that stuff and and once you get that in your own inside job of a head talking it out loud and talking it through clients is much easier yeah because you have yeah. you have somebody to talk to it's like it's hard for me to do a podcast by myself 
but it's really <laughs> easy to get somebody like yourself on here and you know talk forever so that's kind of oh absolutely it's 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 uh <laughs> it's yeah definitely yeah. so you were doing that every day so wake up do the dogs stairmaster compile mm-hmm. a, a um and uh, compile that and and I and just just to go back to what you said I I think that you definitely pioneered the the graphic mixed in with the long uh thing with the I I, I saw you doing that often and people were sharing it and I was like okay that's kind of like Natalie's thing which is cool so I I would um agree to that that you <laughs> you you that's I mean I don't know I mean I saw you do that often and and that's the funny thing about the dog world is being on the internet is, is I always tell people no idea is new, but some people yeah. can, can run with it a little bit better. And I think you did. Pretty, yeah. Yeah. Pretty no, I, I agree. But I, I would actually be interested to, to hear the answer um, to that question that you asked me of like, you know, how long are you taking on, you know, developing content and do you feel like it's important? Oh yeah. Cool. Rever- reverse the role here. I see how it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely spend, so my job now, so it's interesting how my career has developed. So I pretty much work from home. Um, I go out and I, um, you know, it's, it's, I'm a full-time creator really is what I am. So I'll go out and I'll film. I have a team that I film with. So I have two full-time videographers and an editor full-time. And so I'll go out and film either at a state or I, or people come out of state to me and we'll film. And so what ends up happening is, is we'll film for three days. And then what happens is, is my editor will then put everything together for distribution. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> I spend quite a bit of time coming up with captions and what to post and what not to post. Cause my editor will li- literally send me 20 different clips for Instagram reels, for TikToks, uh, pictures, stills, um, whatever. And they're, they kind of change because every dog that we work with is different. So it's my job to kind of pick what I think is valuable to my audience. And then I'll post those okay. things, but I also create content for YouTube. So then there's longer form content, obviously. Uh, so YouTube would be 10 to 20 minute video, which I kind of produce and help with my editor. Uh, We bounce ideas back and forth. And then twice a week I do the podcast. And then once a week I do my, or I do my live with my members club. Uh, And then I recently just signed a deal with Amazon and now I'm doing Amazon lives once a week as well. (gasps) Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. It's, it's there. It's kind of like a beta testing it and whatever. But anyway, so my, my point is, is I, I spend pretty much all day, either doing this, like, so this is a podcast, like normally my podcast content is me talking to one of my clients and recording it and then posting it. So basically it would be my visual, like my visual YouTube that people like. You're seeing that in audio format and posting it. So I'm just recycling a conversation that I had and I'm recording it and if it helps people, great. And so far it's been a, a pretty big hit. So so anyway, so I'm, I'm literally either creating or, or distributing content every single day, usually in high definition, like 4K. And twice a week, I try to do like a movie on YouTube. And then every day in between, I'll produce um, a podcast or twice a week. Um, and then every every day, I also have two Instagram accounts, the No Bad Dogs account, the Tom Davis account. And then my team pretty much manages the Upstate Canine account. 
And so there's so to answer your question, it's it's pretty much every day, all day. But yeah, but with that being said, is I chose this life of being a creator. There's some people who'd be like, man, you don't really get to work with a lot of dogs anymore. And the answer is, yeah, you're right. I don't. I work with very specific dogs under very specific circumstances. And because my distribution is so big, and this may sound weird, but this is how it I think it's true, is is if if I don't have I, I mean I, I will go into my facility and work with dogs that my staff are uncomfortable with. And I'll do that on a one-off. Like, I'll just go in, and if I'm there, they're like, hey, can you check this dog out? I'll do a very random, very not consistent session for a, for a trainer who maybe has to call out, and it's last minute, and I don't want, you know, I know that that sucks. And because I work from home, I can zip down to my facility. But right now, if I were to train a dog, the person that I'm working with would def- is going to definitely benefit from working with me However, mm-hmm. if a camera isn't rolling, the amount of people that I'm not helping is huge. It's hundreds of yeah. thousands of people. So we have it set up now that no, like pretty much any time I have a dog in my hands, there's two cameras rolling on it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. No. So absolutely. anyway, I hope that answers that. But yeah, it's it's um. So for anybody out there, you know, there's there's just. I don't think that they're levels. I think that it's just a graduation point. And some people feel way more comfortable off camera than they do on camera. And I personally like being in front of the camera. But it's it's a full-time job with the distribution and the creation. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. And and it's not for for everyone. So that's not to say they're just like, oh, you're, you won't be a, a good, you know, dog trainer unless you like graduate to this level. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's, it's just different things that like we are good at doing. Like you slay at, you know, YouTube and stuff like that. But you know, for, for me, I am a lot better with, with written word. I yeah. really like to write and that is like where my zone of genius is. And I really like making courses and things like that. Like that is like where my powerhouse is. So it's just like, it's differences um but hopefully like us sharing that it can like give you a little bit more insight um and Mm -hmm. i have been there uh with having to create like a lot of content and that is it can be very exhausting people like oh you work from home and all you have to do is make videos and like no it's it's exhausting it is it is a lot well not to (laughs) not to mention just putting yourself on the internet in general is exhausting because you have to it takes it and that's something too maybe we should talk about next natalie is is it takes a certain individual to be able to do that because you know there's the keyboard warriors there is the political battle of dog training tools there is Mm -hmm. just all of that and when you're putting out two youtube videos a week multiple reels posts blogs whatever you know you you get it's hard. And so that that was something I wanted to ask you in your opinion, because you have a huge business background in, in marketing and stuff. If somebody isn't, like we just said, you and I just said, is some people aren't cut out for the camera. They, they're not, they're, they don't do themselves justice by being in front of the camera. Like maybe they're yeah. shy or maybe they don't like doing it. Or maybe they just don't want people to know everything. Like, like I, like you said, like I put everything out there because I'm, I just, I want people to feel comfortable with me and I want people to know who I am and I don't want to have too many closed doors because people trust me with the lives of their dog and that's, that's my choice and I am comfortable with that and that's what I like. But yeah. for, for, for people out there that maybe don't want to jump in front of a camera or maybe they're not ready yet, 
what are you think uh, some alternatives like some of the some of the written stuff that you've done what are some alternatives that people can start doing uh instead of getting maybe using tiktok or using instagram reels or using youtube are there other outlets that you've discovered that have been helpful and what would be your suggestion for for those people out there that are ready to kind of dive into more of the the other side yeah, definitely. That, that's a, that's a really, really good question. Um, because I think that that's, um, and, and because I've definitely felt it myself is that there, there is a lot of fear when it comes to putting yourself out there just because there are some really, really mean people out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I don't like confrontation. Like I don't like to argue with people. It doesn't make me feel good. I don't like <laughs> turn off my phone and be like, mm, yeah, like I got them. Yeah. Um, I like, it really hurts me. Um, and so I try to stay away from that. Um, and so, you know, if there's other people out there that are like, Oh yeah, like I'm just I'm not ready to be on video or it takes too much time or that's just like, I don't do myself justice with that. Um, you know, I think that writing and doing podcasts, so like having more long form content of like blog posts and getting your skill of writing, like at the end of the day, there are so many creative outlets to show your expertise and what yeah. it is that you are doing. Video doesn't necessarily have to be that because I am that person that I'm not comfortable on on video. I am I am more now just because of all of the reps that I've had. But at the beginning, um, you know, <laughs> it's really sad to say, but like if you were to go and you know look at and watch any of the videos of Canine Performance, I guarantee you that. Um, I, that there was a lot of different takes of that a lot of I got better over time and I could just like one take it but I was very flustered and I would be you know sweating and I was like oh my god like I hope I don't stumble over my words or I don't offend someone or you know something like that and so having those longer form Instagram uh, captions was a really great way, but also doing a podcast as well. So I also started, um, you know, the Canine Performance podcast um, and doing that. And that was just a really great way because I was able to like write out some points and then just kind of word vomit into a microphone, <laughs> so to speak. Um, and then to be able to put that out there because I think that without the pressure of like seeing myself on screen, um, it really helped a lot uh, to just have some notes in front of me and then just talk sometimes it was 10 minutes sometimes it was 40 whatever it was um and people like really uh, enjoyed that valuable content and it was able to get um you know people to know me and like me and trust me so you know longer form blog content writing instagram posts and then also doing podcasts if you're not comfortable um in front of a camera i think is a really really good alternative yeah, or you could do all of those if you're if you're if you can knock it out of the park, and I think yeah. I, I would I would say um, I would say one thing to add to that is it is going to be uncomfortable, and I think yeah. I think for some reason like if you see, like you look I mean you look when you're in front of a camera like you wouldn't you couldn't tell at all that that you had any hesitancy. I think that you have a great camera presence, but it takes skill and it takes hard work and it takes the inside voice of like come on Natalie like. <laughs> Pull it together, you know, and I, yeah, yeah, and I've been there, I've been there for sure, and so I just want people to know that I seek the uncomfortableness a hundred percent. Like if I'm, like there's there's times where I'm out doing something, whether it's a TV pilot for a network or it's in the middle of Nebraska filming a, a documentary for a shelter for free, and I'm thinking like, man, this is very uncomfortable. 
Yeah. I'm like, this is good. This is going to be good. This is where, this is where the growth is. So as soon as I have that in the back of my head, I'm like, what am I doing? So if I have the feeling in my head or in my gut where I'm like, what am I doing here? That's when I know not too many people would go that distance. I'm like, if Mm -hmm. I, if I am out there doing something that I like, I'm, I am more of a creator than anything at this point, judging by just my distribution and, and you know, the, the, I guess the, uh, the way that my business is set up because my upstate canine Academy and myself are completely separate entirely. If Mm -hmm. I get uncomfortable doing something out there, and for those of you who are who are maybe getting into dog training or getting into creation, that's where the magic is. Like right in that sweet spot of, oh, I don't know about this. That's where you know that you're out there alone, which means nobody's, yeah. nobody's following you out there. Nobody wants to take that step. Nobody wants to get out there and going back to your original statement or conversation of you creating your own business I think like one, like, what is it? Like 1% of people succeed starting their own business after two years or something. So anyway, Mm -hmm. so I would just tell people that same thing Natalie feels of like, oh, you know, like, you know, I'm having a hard time in front of the camera or I need practice. I feel that too. And it gets better. And that uncomfortable feeling is something I seek. And when I get it, I'm like, oh, this is going to be, I just, when I feel that in my soul, I'm like, this is, I'm in the middle of, you know, Great. yeah, you're, you're exactly. Like I'm, you know. I am exactly, I am plowing through something that not many other people were doing. For an example, I'll give you a perfect one. When I was in, when I did a seminar in the UK, so I did a seminar in London and first of all, London's very far from home. And mm-hmm. when I booked it, I immediately felt regret and I was like, Oh, nobody's going to come. Shit. What did I do? I'm going to embarrass myself. Like this is gonna be bad. And once, so you got to think, like, think of how much of a production it is to, I flew out, uh, one, two, three, four, four people plus myself. And so we, we fly out with four different people, including myself, five different people. So, so then you got to think like, you have to go through TSA, you have to go through customs, you have to go to international, you have to take a 10 hour or whatever the hell it is flight. Uh, and you have to catch a layover and go to this different country. And then you have to do this. And then when you land, you're tired and you're jet lagged and everybody's talking different and the cars look different and things smell different. And you're like, what am I doing here? (laughs) Like what (laughs) is going on? And, but at that, just to give people actual context of, something that, you know, an example of exactly what had happened to me is, so I have these people around me, you know, and I have all these people going to the, to the seminar. I'm like, are these people real? Are they bots? Are they really going to show up? Is, is, is the venue going to be okay? Is the lighting going to be okay? Am I going to, hopefully I don't get sick. You know, there's so much that goes on, but I'm just telling people for context, like, but once I walked into that room and I had like 40 to 50 people sitting down patiently waiting from all over the UK to listen to me talk, everything went away and everything was good. You know what I mean? So I just want, I want to give people like an example, kind of like an, an outlandish example of exactly what I'm talking about when, when Natalie and I are talking about these uncomfortable, uh, I think growth spurts and this, this uncomfortable growth that you have to go through. 
when I'm on the plane and I'm like, fuck, I'm like, I'm going to the UK to do this. Like, this is crazy. We have all these, you know, the logistics, the rental cars, the hotels for five different people. And then we had to switch hotels to go to a different part of the UK. It's all this stuff. And it all worked out beautifully. But I was so like, man, this is, this is something that I don't know if a lot of people would self-produce because there's people who do that stuff all the time, but somebody else books it for them and, Mm-hmm. You know, so anyway, that's just a perfect example of what Natalie's talking about when she's talking about um, kind of grinding out the the nuances of, of getting comfortable in front of a camera, putting yourself out there. Okay, so how do you deal with the hate? How do you deal with people who say, Natalie, you use a e-collar or a prong collar, you're, you're an abusive person and... All the nad, all the bad stuff, and you should go and put your head in a pillow. I mean, how do you, how do you deal with this stuff? I know you said that you kind of try to t- turn away from it, but how mm-hmm. have you, how have you learned from these experiences and and gotten better at handling them? Yeah. Um, really good question. Um, and I think it's a really, really valuable, uh, topic worth talking about, um, because the internet, I think recently um has become a more volatile place and especially depending on what platform that you're on um i find that i don't really even my performance i honestly didn't really get too much uh trolls or like haters or anything like that but on tiktok there that was like where a lot of like the massacre happened um (laughs) and i like sometimes like youtube as well but for me my philosophy is that one people don't know what they don't know Um, and so a lot of the time when you are getting a lot of like the hate and things like that, it's usually from people that just don't know. And they have these preconceived notions. And I always think to myself, I'm like, I've been there. I have been that person that thought that I knew something, um, or I was told something and I didn't know anything about it, but I just adopted that philosophy. I just adopted that ideal for whatever reason. Um, and I ran with it. Um, so I've always been there. So holding, you know, some compassion for those people and it can be really challenging to do, especially when a lot of people don't, um, just stick with the topic at hand in regards to like tools or in regards to, whatever it may be, and they start to attack you personally as a person, that can be quite hard. But the other thing is that, you know, dog training has, has like changed my life like so much. And I feel like I'm like going to get emotional about this, but like in learning about dog behavior and dog psychology and how the mind works and, you know, the, the role that hormones and things play in your body and things like that. Um, it has helped me become such a better person and to be able to help myself um, through a lot of the trauma that I've endured in my life, Um, but then to also better understand other people. And one of the things that um, when I was like learning about dogs and, you know, you know, reactive dogs and how sometimes that reactivity is driven out of trying to find, you know, some, some dopamine, it actually feels good Mm. to be reactive to a certain extent. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of like the people online. Like they are just looking for that rush of dopamine and that adrenaline and like the furious tapping on your keyboard or, you know, Mm -hmm. tapping on your phone screen um, and being like, "Mm," like I showed them. And what happens, you know, like for example, when you're training a reactive dog, when you don't get any sort of like uh, reinforcement in that behavior, 
and you don't actually get that dopamine hit that you originally wanted to get, it, it becomes like it, it's not as fun, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't engage with people. You know, if I have an opportunity to maybe educate someone and I have the the mental capacity, the emotional capacity, and I have the time to do it, sure, I will educate you um, if I feel like you're being receptive. But if you're just there because I'm an easy target on the internet and you're searching for some dopamine because you're similar to a reactive dog, Unfortunately, I am not going to give you that reinforcement and your comment is just going to sit there um, and that that's it. That, that's all right. Um, mm-hmm. And if it's really um, being a woman in this space can be kind of hard sometimes um, and being I, I don't want to seem like I'm, I'm being like egotistical here, but like being an attractive woman can be hard in this industry sometimes because people will take shots at you in regards to your looks. And sometimes some of the comments can be um, uncomfortable to read um, and some of the things like messages and stuff that you get. And so just my philosophy is just always swipe, delete and mm. block. And so with those, you know, really poor comments, I delete them. So that way my community is always a safe space. I don't allow people like that to engage with my content. Um, And then I block those individuals. Um, I'm not going to respond. I'm not going to send you a message. You are simply just, you are going to be deleted and you are going to be blocked and you will not receive that dopamine from me. And when people see that, um, that you are not engaging with people, um, you kind of inadvertently kind of like develop like a safe haven for people and you'll kind of not really get a lot of those trolls because people know you can't mess with that person. They're so unmovable. They're so unshakable. I love that. I love that. That's great. So kind of of a long uh, question, but um, also great. One of those things where it's like, as a small business owner, um, you just don't have a lot of time, you know, like if that's what yeah. you're spending your time on, that's not good. There, you could be doing so many more productive things. There's, there's dogs in your care that you could be training. There's content that you could be making instead of arguing with some, someone that is very determined to not understand you. They don't actually want to learn anything, if that makes sense. Yeah, and they, they don't they don't want to hear your answer. They're, they're already no. telling you that you yeah. are wrong and you – yes are doing things wrong even though you're the professional and they're not in most cases anyway Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i I have a i have a very similar philosophy in that and that i but it always wasn't like that for me i i i didn't realize there were politics in dog training until i started actually creating content for the internet and i was like yeah wait a minute, what are you talking about? I was like, I mm-hmm. just trained this dog perfectly with the, what? <laughs> but I, 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 I kind of, I agree on everything that you said. And, and it is a shame that, and I would just say, and again, I'm, I'm really going to, every single person that ever asked me how to start a dog training business is going to get pushed this podcast. So I, I, I want to add one more thing into that, that I want people to really, and what Natalie said was perfect. I, 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 I'm not going to add anything to that because it's exactly how I am too. I believe in a safe community and anybody that is is violating those terms uh, gets blocked and deleted immediately because I mm-hmm. I like you like you said is I barely have time to eat lunch. There's yep. no way I'm going to spend the time talking to somebody who doesn't have any idea 
what they're talking about. And two things is it's okay to do that because before I used to think like, oh, I can't de- block and delete somebody because people are going to think that I am I I don't I can't back it up. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, right. Or you're hiding from them. And 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 no, it's it's actually just being the bigger person to say mm-hmm. like if 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 this is if this is what you want to do and this is how you want to 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 spend your day, uh, that's fine, but I am not going in to engage into that. So we've had, you know, different scenarios out there. So if you are a dog trainer or you're starting a dog training company or you are putting content out there just regardless, and maybe you a dog owner listening to this and you are a small business owner creating content in a different genre or category, just know that you got to really audit the mental health of some of these individuals that are going online and spending time trying their damnedest to break other people down and try to ruin and decapitate decapitate their image. That takes uh, somebody who obviously has enough time to, to A, do that, and B, you have to really look at what's going on. And, and, and I, have, I have learned enough about human behavior with what I do, and I've taken enough classes to understand about human behavior about if if somebody is actively doing those things. So say some say another maybe dog training company or dog trainer has a problem with how you train. What what should be done in most scenarios when we're talking about dog training and we're not talking about personal actions. We're not talking about what you do outside of the court. We're talking about what you do inside of the court if you will. A simple email or a message or even just an ignorance of that 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 even happens is what I think is more than fair and appropriate. That's what I would do. Yeah. If yeah. I somebody if I saw somebody out there that was doing something that I was like, I can't and I've come close but I've never done it. I can't I can't understand why you would do something like this. They would get a message. They would get an mm. email. Yes. Uh hey man, hey girl, hey lady, hey sir. Uh just saw this video. I, I'm also a professional in the field. I, I just was wondering, you, you know, your thought process on this and how you got to this point. Those are things yeah. that I think are respectable. And, and the reason why I'm saying this is because I want other dog trainers and I want new dog trainers or old dog trainers or dog trainers who are in between. Um, I don't know everything. I don't try to act like I know everything. I certainly don't gatekeep anything ever. I, I don't act like any all I do is I'm just a dog lover trying to help people but I have been in the industry for about 14 years and I can tell you that there are going to be people out there that are going to disagree with you and you mm-hmm. have to look at the way that they handle it and I've yeah. seen I've seen dog trainers even in the own in their own community in the own balanced dog training or even in the force free dog training or whatever it is tear each other down make videos about each other and fight like little kids and kick and scream back and forth and nothing gets done. And it's like so sad to see. And I know that you've probably seen these demonstrations of what has happened in the industry. And that's why I personally tried to recluse myself out of the dog air quotes, dog training industry, because I'm like you said in the beginning is I'm, I classify myself as an artist or as a teacher rather than Mm -hmm. a, rather than a dog trainer. So I wanted to add those two cents in there. It's just, you guys got to really be careful about who you are listening to. If somebody you look up to in the dog training world makes a tell-all video and and spits at a microphone with a with a ring light screen 
for 20 minutes about how somebody else is a piece of crap, you really have to audit the people that you're, you're listening to. And that's my two cents on that. <laughs> no, I, absolutely. I think that's like really, really valuable. Um, and it's not I, talked about either. I, I, don't, I, I don't know if you like you, you take snippets from podcasts, but if, if you were to take any snippet from a podcast, I think that what you said about the appropriate way to go about that, it, it would be very, very valuable advice that I think a lot of dog trainers need to see because unfortunately really emotionally triggering content does really well and things can be taken out of context in a video or whatever it may be but going and taking someone's content and then being like this trainer is blah 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 and i would never do that i'm blah 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 this is how you should do it and then you know dragging that individual it doesn't help anyone at all and especially if someone maybe someone truly is doing something wrong you when you don't know any better you can't do any better and so instead of you know dragging someone and then they're so scared they don't know how to reach out and get some more education to do better um you know maybe they they continue to do something wrong um and so instead reaching out like you said and being like hey like i just saw your video i'm also a professional dog trainer i was just wondering like why you were doing that you know in this particular way like what led you to this you know whatever and if you don't mind could i give you like a suggestion that's worked really well for me um i think that that was just like so valuable and like i i really love that you just said that yeah thank you i just don't think it's talked i think the mental health in the dog industry for trainers is just not talked about and yeah. uh, again like because of social media in the last couple of years, even um, it's, it's something that needs to be talked about because again, like I, just like you, I, I believe in a safe place for individuals. I believe in respect. I believe in context. I mean, I, I can't express that enough. Like you said, if somebody takes a 30 second to a minute clip and posts it on TikTok or Instagram or YouTube and says, ah, look at this, let's take a look at this. And it's like, whoa, that is yeah. not cool. That is not even fair. You, you're giving, but, but, but to be fair, the community that I've built, the community that you've built, the people who really know who you are, they listen to your podcast, they watch your videos, they watch how you interact with individuals around you on and off the court, if you will, they'll say something and they'll stick up for you. But, but I think that that's something that I have seen in the last year is I think TikTok has a lot to do with it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. People think that when you get a certain amount of followers on TikTok, you are all of a sudden, I don't know. And it becomes this whole thing. And I've seen it happen yeah. over and over again. And it's so sad to see because you're not going to hurt me. But you know what, a video like that for somebody who maybe just started, it's going to hurt them a lot. And it's going to kill their it's going to kill their career. Definitely, you know, and it's sad to see like, and I and I don't want any part of that. I don't want to be in that community. I don't want to I don't want to. I, I don't want anything to do with that. I am all about like we said in the beginning is empowerment and in helping each other out and if you don't agree with each other you don't have to you just you just do your own thing and you build your own tribe and that's that's anyway i just wanted to to mention that because it's just not talked about enough i think it, yeah it's a, no, it's I, a I, catty thing totally agree. yeah and and you know to i just want to say like one last thing on that is just sure. that you don't know what people are going through in their life and i um, it can be quite curated. And so, you know, like for me, you know, people looking at canine performance, they're like, oh, wow, like this, you know, 
you know, like really happy individual and she's like doing all this dog training stuff and she's like girl boss sort of goals or, you know, whatever. But, you know, those comments and those messages and things that I would receive sometimes while they could Mm -hmm. be rare, I was just struggling with so much in my personal life that I was so emotionally frail for those years that, um, you know, that I, that I had, you know, can performance. I mean, I, I still technically have can performance. I, I don't know what's happening with it, but, um, and those, you know, comments, it was like, I am struggling like so hard mm. and I'm trying my best to just help people like live a better life with their dog. And like I there's so many things happening at home in my personal life that people have no idea that they can't even imagine and then I would get those and it would it would crush me it would absolutely crush me and it was like maybe a split second for them to comment on it but it was something where like I I would just sit there and I was like wow like Mm. all of the stuff that I've been working for and that imposter syndrome it comes back and then those comments like start to like reaffirm it so um you know it takes a lot of grit to just swipe delete and block um because sometimes those comments like will (laughs) sometimes like get to you but always being kind you don't know what people are going through at home um and that's just you know something that i really try and live by a lot (laughs) yeah i you know it's it's interesting on that note i when i was a kid growing up i for whatever reason i had this i think it's i think it's kind of like so my parents split up early when I was young okay. and I, when I say young, I mean enough where I knew it was happening. I was like, like nine or 10. Mm-hmm. And at that age, it's like life is getting so good at that age, right? You start making friends, you start going outside and playing, you start having social, th- I mean, it was, it, and, and it sucked. And it, for anybody who, who had had to go through that before, uh, you know how it feels. And it's like, it, it tarnishes you a bit for the rest of your life in some way. And, it's made it's made me personally more powerful uh, for sure it's it's done more good for me than it has bad but when i was a kid this and this is this is a god is honest truth when i was a kid from from that moment on i always for whatever reason if a kid was walking down the hallway i would always think to myself when that kid goes home and his mom and dad says hey buddy how was school and, and that kid is their whole world, right? They love that kid more than anybody, anything in the world. And they're so proud of that kid. This is exact, This is how, I, when I was young, I thought like this. And I'm dead ass on, on my late dog Thompson's life. He, I was just, when people were walking down the hall with like their little Ninja Turtle book bags on, I would look at them and my mind went to imagine them going home, like how, how much I love going home and seeing my mom and dad and them saying, how is school, buddy? And the kid would say, I got picked on at school. And they yeah. cry. And and I would envision that. I don't know why. I don't know what, I, I mean, I really wasn't, I was actually, I, I was friends with everybody. I was, I wasn't, I was popular. You know, I, I was kind of like, I was in between, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a yeah. click. And, and for some reason, I don't, I think there's just the ungodly amount of empathy I have towards the human being that at a very early age, I don't know why that happened, but every single time I saw a kid alone or every single time I saw a kid sitting by themselves, I would always go up and be like, hey. And, th- and sometimes they think I was picking on them because I had 
you know, different cliques of friends and I always would try to be the, the, the kind of the help, the person that helped them. And so just on that note, uh, I would, I would 100% agree with, with what you're saying that anybody out there that is a dog trainer or getting into the industry, like you don't know what people are going through. You don't know the struggles. You don't know what goes on behind closed doors, etc. And I would agree, you know, be kind and, uh, really subscribe to a community. Cause that's what, that's what online is becoming is different communities, right? Different tribes. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, you're on this tribe or you're on this tribe. And, and I just, I want people to, to subscribe to multiple different tribes as long as it's like, you know, a beneficial tribe. And, and anyway, I'm not sure where I was going with that, but anyway, so, so <laughs> oh, it, was, it was really good. And it actually kind of like lends more insight into why I think that you are such a good and successful dog trainer. Um, I find that quality that you were just talking about. Um, in a lot of the dog trainers that I look up to, um, that they have this really deep empathy for other humans. Um, and of course that always like carries over with animals as well, but Mm. in this career it's, yeah, a lot of it is the dog training, but a lot of it is the human training as well. Um, and so that probably lends a, a lot into why you have been so successful as you have been. Um, but additionally, that's also just, you know, for those of you that are starting your own business, it's also just not a very good business practice. Yeah, it's not be- a good look. That's that's not a good look at all. And, <laughs> uh, you know, unfortunately, my previous business partner, um, you know, uh, was not always the, the best on uh, social media with uh, some of the direct messages and things like that when some things um, were happening uh, within, you know, in the company. Hmm. And it's just, it's not a good look. And if you're trying to build something um, that has, you know, some brand equity that is recognizable in the industry, you don't want it tainted with how unprofessional you are um and so just also making sure that like you know just besides just being you know on a personal level of human Mm -hmm. decency but on a business level if you're trying to continue to put you know food on the table and not embroil yourselves in drama it's good business Mm. practice as well yeah yeah i had a i'm gonna give my my friend will uh over in the uk uh from fenner canine a shout out because when I went over to London to do my seminar, Will's also another one of the only online balanced dog trainers uh, in the UK, uh, really advocating for tools and uh, growing his own community. And he came to my seminar with his uh, video guy, Joe, and then his wife. And he, 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 I had like this little green room kind of set up because, as you know, as being a dog trainer, if you hang around before a seminar or after a seminar, you'll never leave. Luckily, mm-hmm. luckily, uh, in the UK and in London, which we're going back this year, which I'm wicked excited about, uh, the, there was a pub attached to the venue. So afterwards, it was no, it was no problem because we were just drinking yeah. pints and Guinness. But Will, anyway, came up to me and he said, the same, kind of same thing you just said, is he said, you know, man, I've, in his big, like, English accent, he's like, you know, man, he always said, happy days, mate. Really cool dude, and 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 he came up to me and he said, you know, in the dog training industry, there's there's you know people I look up to, and he told me he's like I looked up to you, I look up to you a lot, and I was hoping that you weren't different off camera as you are on camera, because he said I'm not gonna lie, I kind of said out loud to the people he was with, like 
it's going to break my heart if Tom isn't what he actually is on camera. And so he, he came up and that's like literally <laughs> like the third thing out of his mouth. He's like, dude, I'm just so relieved. Like you're, you're, you're a, a real person and you're not different. He's like, because, you know, I look up to you and I watch your videos and I'm just so happy that I'm, I don't have to report back <laughs> to his team that I'm just this sham, you know, whatever. So I, yeah. so that I just wanted to add that. Uh, and that's just a funny story of Will and I, that that's the other thing about, I think when you're doing dog stuff is my big goal and what I'm really focusing on in the next probably two to three years is doing more seminars and doing more traveling and, and working in, in a big, more bigger groups. And one thing that you have to also be mindful of when you're developing a brand and when you're developing a dog training company is look at what you're going to want to do in the future. And mm-hmm. I know personally some dog trainers that would absolutely fall apart in front of 20 to 55 people and training dogs in front of these people on the spot. Not that yeah. it's a bad thing, has nothing to do with their skill set, but they would be, it, it would just disable them. And so yeah. think about the things that you want to do in the future, meaning uh, when you're creating content and you're creating a community, uh, don't just try to be, this is just advice. Don't just be as authentic as humanly possible. Because if you're somebody you're not on camera and off camera, your brand and your authenticity will ultimately suffer from that as well. That's just another two cents that I wanted to add in to this little subject here. Yeah, absolutely. I so, think that's it's definitely valuable. Yeah. Anyway, so, okay. So fast forward to all that stuff. And so now, so where you're at now. So Canine Performance, you built up uh, an Instagram account. You built up uh, how many followers did do you have? Did you have, how many did you accumulate of building this brand up before things changed it's like a pretty big account oh yeah it was it was definitely um a a very big account and i think that they're um you know maybe if people don't even recognize the name like i think that sometimes people would recognize some of like the programs that i created like the five-day dog reset Mm -hmm. or the five pillar challenge or the 90-day dream dog were you know some of the different things that um you know i had created um but um you know at at one point there were about fifty-eight thousand followers that were following um the instagram on canine performance about twenty-six thousand on youtube and um, I think like 94,000 on, um, on TikTok and had a lot of subscribers to the podcast as well. So it was something that I really poured a lot of just my heart and soul into. And I just tried to give so much to the community. Like when I say that this was like my baby, it was, it was my baby. Like Mm. I, I, I loved it so much. Um, and I don't think that anyone could ever really say that I didn't pour a lot of time and effort into canine performance and and building that. I don't think that anyone could ever say that, you know, I I can say that confidently. Um, And it was uh, probably like one of the biggest achievements of my life. And it was something that, you know, Tom, I'm sure that you're doing this too, but you know, there are some weeks where you're working 60 hours a week, maybe maybe even like easily Easily. going to, in between like having so many board and trains and I was living out of a townhome for the majority of, um, you know, having kid and performance, um, and having, you know, four, five, six board and train dogs 
um, you know, doing all of my online courses, you know, 10 virtual training sessions per week, constantly trying to uh, develop more courses and manage students and all this stuff. It was definitely um, a lot. Um, and so, um, you know, now, uh, you know, for, for those of you out there, um, I've obviously already kind of referenced of like, yeah, I don't really, <laughs> I'm kind of talking about it past tense. Um, I, I'm not really sure like what's, what's happening with it. And so, you know, just as a bit of background, I've, I've kind of separated, um, from, from canine performance, not, not sure quite yet what is, is happening with it at this point in time. Um, but you know, that gets into like some of, you know, my own personal things. So I am, you know, kind of starting over a little bit. And so everything that we've talked about throughout this podcast of, you know, building up a, a business, um, it can be challenging and it's definitely something that is fulfilling. Um, but it's also something that, you know, for me, I can, I can say all these different things because I have to go through that process again. I have to go through the, um, the imposter syndrome again. I have to go through setting up systems and organization and getting people to know who I am again, to like me again, and to trust me again. Um, because unfortunately I left a, um, um, a, uh, a relationship um, almost a year ago and um, and it's looking like I am going to have to start over on a lot of different fronts of my life. So um, I, I'm not sure <laughs> where I'm going to be at when this podcast episode is is released. Maybe you'll see me back on Canon Performance, but if not, I have had to start over again. Mm-hmm. So, so you <clears throat> broke away from your business partner at the time uh, that that was with you with the canine performance, and right now you just you you don't have access to the accounts or the socials, and so you, yeah. you're developing. So you started your own. You you kind of started over, right? So yep. Uh, so this is a good this is a good opportunity for us to talk about for again for dog trainers out there people about making smart business decisions and yeah. making sure you protect yourself. And, and, yep. and the Natalie's ex-business partner is somebody that I also had a falling out with as well and no longer work with. And uh, Natalie can, you know, we don't have to dive into specifics, but just in general, uh, because you have to do this whole reset or potentially have to do this reset. And I luckily kind of, I, I don't have to do that. I mean, I, I just had this small little thing going on with this individual and ended it pretty quick. But you, on the other hand, unfortunately, uh, have to restart everything, and and I know that that's been challenging for you. I know that uh, people have mentioned it to me, you know, about the things that 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 you're going through. And so, as a woman creating a business and and getting your feet under your ground, or their feet under your ground, and getting going and starting Canine Performance, and now having to start over, what advice can you give people? Uh, dog trainers that have been in the industry for 20 years or dog trainers who are just starting or uh, people who are inspired to become a dog trainer, what advice can you give them? And I'll kind of piggyback on it once once you tell them yours about people who are starting a business and how to be safe and how to protect yourself and, and what type of decisions they should be making uh, in the business sector. Yeah, yeah. Um, the very first thing that I would say is um, – please always have contracts in place. Um, and especially if you are, 
an aspiring dog trainer and you're really excited to get your business going and maybe you're going to start your business with a family member or um, a friend or even maybe a significant other, um, please have a business agreement in place. Um, and being very smart about who you trust when it comes to business. Um, and I think that a lot of times um, your intuition usually isn't wrong. Um, mm -hmm. And so just being careful in in who you trust um, when you are you know, doing stuff in, in business. Um, and if you are ending up with working with someone, please have contracts in place. Please get things in writing. Um, don't just agree on um, your relationship with them, whatever relationship that you have. Um, don't depend on the goodness of people um, because as, as much as I want to be uplifting and, you know, really, um, you know, like, oh yeah, yeah like I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm starting over. Um, it's been for, for me, it's been quite a challenge because after building something that I love so much and having to start over a little bit of dog training has been a little bit tainted for me mm -hmm. after, um, you know, potentially losing it. And that's, you know, kind of what I'm looking at. Sorry. Um, and you're good. Um, and so just making sure that who you trust is really important in getting those contracts in place um, because having um, a setback like this, it's possible, um, but it has kind of been hard a little bit um, and losing a little bit of that passion for dog training <laughs> and sharing a lot of that content. So um, please learn from my mistakes of sometimes trusting the wrong people um, and wanting to see the best in people because it's not like that all the time, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, that's, just the, that's just the truth of it. Um, yeah. 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 And I, and I would piggyback on that, that I also have, have, you know, had my failed uh, business partners. I've been burned. I've been, misled uh i've been naive and i think just every so especially when you're working with in the dog industry i think everybody for the most part is extremely passionate right we want to help dogs we have a talent we want to get in the ring like let us in and we'll sign and we'll do stuff and we'll yes man you know as a saying and and sometimes that can get you into trouble. And so I, yeah. you know, with my experiences in general, just in business of being in business for 14 years, I have, I have done, I have gone through a lot of that myself and I've learned and I've learned. And I think Natalie hit it on the head there about just listening to your intuition. If it's too good to be true and somebody is, is pushing you in an area where you're like, eh, I don't know. And they're, you know, just really take your time. Um, and, and I've been, I keep my circle so tight. That's why Natalie, when you reached out originally last summer or something like that, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, you know, and if you look back at those messages, I was very skeptical. I'm like, ah, yeah. You're like, Hey, you know, uh -huh. I want to come up and hang out. I'm like, I don't know. I've been, I just, I keep my circle tight because, uh, I have to be careful about, about, what I let people, because I'm I'm a very big, open, loving, empathetic, naive person to some extent. I am like, hey, you're cool. Come over to my house for dinner and drinks with my whole family. <laughs> and <laughs> and people will take advantage of that. People who are 
looking for those openings, people who are looking for an opportunity to take advantage of some of the things that you've created and worked hard at. And so I, I would just say that um, being in this industry, especially once you start gaining a following of any type, uh, it would blow your mind some of the things that, that happen, especially on the road that me and my team go through. And it's kind of like a laughing joke of my production of things that happen. But you would be surprised about people see a very passionate, hardworking individual and they will go in and say, hey, I can make all of this even better than what it is. And of course, yeah. you're prof so you had a big business background and I didn't, you know, I I. I, I was like when you were talking about your story about you kind of left corporate and went into dog training. See, I had an advantage because I started, I don't know if I was younger than you, but I started young. I started when I was 19 when I professionally yeah. started working with dogs. So I didn't really have the resume and the corporate job. I was just bouncing around from pizza shop to community colleges and I just jumped into dogs. Um, you know, fast forward many moons now, um, it's different. So I just would urge people um, – to don't be naive to the next best thing and don't be naive to people polishing up things and products and saying like, hey, you know, this is the things you need to do because I think hard work and dedication and keeping your team small is the key to success. And that's what I've done is I've kept my team. And it sucks because there's people like you, Natalie, and other people uh, in the industry that reach out all the time and they want to connect and they want to have a beer when I'm in town or whatever. And I've just been so hesitant because I've been burned and I've been abused yeah. in some way where it's almost, I don't want to say PTSD, but I've, I've been burned by people in, in the industry before where now I just won't open myself up to anybody. I'm like, I've, I've completely just said, okay, the people that I'm with now are the people that I ride with. Now okay. I will say, I will say that my no bad dog community has a different place in my heart because the, the no bad dog community the no bad dog army, um, is the community that I've created. And these are people that I talk to every week, almost every day that commute with each other. It's a beautiful thing. And, and when I travel, I do meet and greets with them. And that's been really refreshing to just see. I just did one in New Jersey. We had almost 50 people come out on a Tuesday night in, in New Jersey off an Instagram story, which was incredible. And yeah. it was just awesome to just sit around and, and talk to dog owners. And that was really beautiful. So I would piggyback on Natalie and, and just say, you know, just be very conscious and mindful about your passion not turning against you because people will, will deliberately try to do that out there and take advantage of you. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Um, and, you know, sometimes that does happen. And I think that it is a learning opportunity. Um, and hopefully you guys can, you know, kind of learn from like my situation, but you know, all of that being said, no matter what, um, you can always start over, you can always do better. Um, and so, and it takes a, a, a lot and it takes a lot of strength to be able to to do that. It's It's been pretty hard for me, but it's also been really awesome because, um, you know, in, in a lot of different ways, you can 
you know, when you're starting over, you already have all these different lessons. So you can kind of bring something new to whatever it is that you are, you know, building again, or that you are revamping again. Um, and, you know, just kind of do it the second go around, make it a little bit better, you know, version uh, 2.0. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, being able to get out of those situations. Um, and, you know, it's, if for those of you that have followed me on my personal account, um, because you you found me from you know Canon Performance and you followed along on my journey for this past year, I know for a fact that there are you know a lot of women that have reached out to me um, and have been like, hey, I um, I really miss your post, but I'm also really really proud of you and I'm really happy for you that you have left a pretty uh, a poor and unsafe situation. Mm. Um, and so, you know, if you, and, you know, they're saying, Hey, you inspired me to be able to also do the same thing and I have to start over. And so I know that this is not necessarily like dog specific training related, but in, in some ways it kind of is because I know that there's been a couple of other women out there that have mm. kind of had to leave their businesses or they've had to put it on hold because they've had to um, leave where they were living because they had to go through, um, you know, a, a relationship split, whatever it may be. Um, I just want you to know that you can always come to me and you can always talk to me if you ever find yourself in a situation where you feel like you can't start over. Um, if that's in a relationship, if that's in a business, um, because certain things are just not safe for you or they are just unhealthy and they are toxic for you. So I know it's a little bit um, off topic there, but um, because of this whole journey that I have been on and having to start over again, that was um, a large reason for it. Um, and so I want to offer support to others, not just in dog training and not just in um, helping people develop their business, but also just as, you know, safety as one woman to another or, or another man, um, that if you have to start over in a lot of different ways, I want to be here for you. So don't hesitate to reach out in that regard. Um, so a little off topic there a yeah. little bit, but it plays into a yeah. lot of the story of uh, where did Natalie go from canine performance? <laughs> um, so yeah. if I don't put it back, then um, I, I have started over in, in a new, in a new way. Well, that's, that's very uh, kind and, and gracious of you to, to offer that to the, to the people out there, specifically any women um, that have, have, you know, are, are, are going through something and they feel like, and that's why, you know, I wanted to have you on the podcast because I know you went through some shit and, um, you know, I, 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 I it's hard because I have a sister and, uh, you know, and that I'm very close with and I just can't imagine like, I just, you know, I can't imagine like feeling, you know, as a, as a woman just to feel like alone or to feel like they don't have any support system or anything. So, yeah. Yeah, I just yeah, that's something that that just doesn't register for me. It's very hard to even think about um, feeling that way, you know. And 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 so, so yeah, so that that's that's very awesome. And and so, what what are some things that um, have inspired you to kind of cr not crawl out, of, but get out of the the? It sounds like, you know, just a, a not so great situation and not so great, re you know, relationship, whether it was business or personal. What are some yeah. things, you know, when you were diving deep in, into your your soul? That, that helped you crawl out of these these times and, and mentally get to a better place. Because every time that I've talked to you on the phone, 
recently, you've you've you sound great and you sound very happy, and and I'm happy that you're happy. I'm happy when anybody's happy. But <laughs> what are what are some pieces of advice for people, you know, to to kind of help dig into a little bit to to get stronger in times of darkness? Yeah, really, really good question. Um, I really love that. Um, I it's funny, and I kind of touched on this a little bit, but um dog training really helped me a lot to come out of a really dark place um i i felt like i wasn't really able to pick myself up quote unquote but i knew that i had other people that i could help and i could do that through dog training it was something that I knew my capacity to be able to do, um, and not just the actual dog training, but actually learning about behavior in general. Obviously, it, it helped with, with my dog training, but learning about a lot of like human psychology, um, that like really, really helped me a lot. And so I always go back to this is that always just be thirsty for, for knowledge. Um, and I don't really know how else to really explain that of how that helped me out of a really dark place of, um, you know, I've, I've never lived on, on my own. I've, I've always, uh, had roommates and things like that and having to try and, you know, secretly find a place to move into where I could still train dogs and then, you know, move there on my own, continuing to gather knowledge, something about just, just learning some more about human psychology, about dog training, I don't know what it was, but it just, it really helped me through a lot of hard times that probably sounds completely bonkers and insane, but if you could imagine it, it was just me in an empty house, <laughs> just like sitting on the mm. floor in, in, in my new living room, just listening to podcasts and listening to like eBooks on just like psychology. And mm. it was just like something that like really helped me through because I knew that once I got out of this and once I picked myself up, all of that that I was learning, it was going to be able to help other people. And it was it was also like helping myself as well. Um, and also, again, just going back to community, um, those people that I talked about that I found, um, you know, when I when, you know, canine performance first started, those are the same people that when I was going through some some pretty rough stuff, um, I, I turned to those people. And so, you know, um, in a lot of ways, I was isolated to a certain degree. Um, and there were certain things that I, I, I could or couldn't do. But being able to reach back out to those people and being like, hey, like, I want to be honest with you, like, here are some things that have happened and finding those tribe of people and reconnecting with them. There's nothing like community and the people in the dog community have been awesome. I know that we had a conversation, you know, in, in this podcast of, you know, how sometimes it can be hard, but it can also be really, really awesome. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that I, I would have made it out of some really, really dark times um, without some people in the dog industry that I, you know, that I found. And it was just from like posting on Instagram and I found these people. And so connecting with community and connecting with people, it really helped a lot to be able to come out of a dark place and just be honest with people about some of the different stuff that like you struggle with. Cause um, you know, in situations like mine, if, if you have also been there, it's hard to talk about. Not a lot of people talk about it very much. And when it does get talked about, um, unfortunately, a lot of the times it's 
invalidated. Um, and so finding people that will validate your suffering and, you know, also give you perspective of like, Hey, <laughs> stop self gaslighting yourself. Like you're, you're not doing anything wrong here. Like you, yeah. um, you're, you're going to be okay. I think is, is really, is really important. And, um, that's something that I just will always be forever grateful for is just some people in the dog community. Um, th- it's just, it's priceless. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, and that, and that, I should, yeah, add to that, that, uh, yeah, I mean, for the most part, the, the dog community is great, and, you know, we get comments and feeds and messages and phone calls and gifts and packages and people saying that we've changed their life or saved their dog's life forever, and um, yeah. it's mostly that. It's, like, honestly, like, 99 to 1, it's just the 1% are the loudest, and mm-hmm. um, and so, yeah, and, and I'm, you know, I'm very... I'm very proud of you for pulling yourself out of a situation and and recalibrating your life and and moving on and and picking happiness and because I know that that takes an awful lot of of strength and yeah. hard work and I'm sure it continue you still are conti- continuing to do that um oh, and yeah. yeah and I think I think that you're you know you're onward and upward and I think that um you know, you, you just keep doing what you're doing. And I think things will ultimately uh, work out for the best for you. And I always think that everything happens for a reason. And sometimes these things in the beginning, when they happen, you're like, no, 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 nope, this isn't, there's nothing behind this. This is just horror. This is just torturous. And it's like (laughs) two years later, three years later or more or less. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Now I have this new relationship or now I have this new outlook or now, you know, for me, it's about strength. And Mm -hmm. I, when I get into these situations and like I said, you know, I've gone through similar things with similar people, (laughs) you, you find strength in, in just knowing like, Hey, I'm going to get out of this. I'm going to be on top. They will not be on top. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the order of the Phoenix type thing where you rise from the ashes and it's just part of life. So I think just in general, you know, we've, we've covered so much in this podcast from every, from every aspect of, of, of personal development to building a business, uh, to growth, to getting granule on how you're doing those things. Uh, And this is definitely the longest podcast I think I've done. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. We're pushing... Thank yeah, you. pushing pushing oh, two hours. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I I don't like I said before is it, it it's 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 um when you talk to somebody who gets it, um it's it's effortlessly and you just kind of fly through and it's been almost two hours and it's been I know it's been so great talking with you I. I don't know how how often you you do like a lot of podcasts like with with other people, but you're very very good at this, and it's Thank you're you. very easy to talk to. Which uh, again, it it lends to why you're such a good and successful dog trainer. I'm sure that people, uh, you know, get in front of you for dog training, and then suddenly they're they're talking about a lot of other stuff in their life because you're probably that easy to talk to. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that, and I know like this is an emotional one. You know, if we filmed it, you know, there were tears on my end. Definitely, definitely tears on your end about, uh, you know, just, just getting out of shit and just getting better and, and, and moving on for the better. And, 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 and it's good. I mean, I'm just, I'm just happy for you. I'm happy that I'm happy for anybody that goes through something and, and turns out at the other end and shows up and, and like what you've done is re rebuilt. 
Um, and yep. so I saw saw on your Instagram that you you're doing um, dog trainer development as well. So I think you know yep. this is the towards the end of the podcast. If you want to talk about what you're what is Natalie from Canine Performance doing now? Yeah, and and what are the projects that you have going on? Yeah, I I would absolutely love to share. So um you know after uh you know kind of you know, stepping away from, uh, you know, my uh, previous business, previous relationship and everything, and just kind of taking a look at where can I provide the most value. And um, I think that any dog trainer can agree that one of the most common questions that they get besides the question, how can I get my dog to stop blank is, hey, I really want to be a dog trainer do you have any tips for me? Um, and we get that question a lot. Um, and, um, like I said earlier, I feel like I'm really good at building out courses and teaching people. And after already going through the run of, you know, building up a a pretty successful business and then, um, choosing to step away from that and, you know, choosing myself, I was looking, I was like, yes, I love dog training, but you know what else I really love and I want to do? I want to help other aspiring dog trainers. I've already done this. I have a vast business background. What if I just help other aspiring dog trainers? And it also, you know, it gave me an opportunity to be able to um, kind of change the dog training industry a little bit. If I can help people that are you know, wanting to start up their own company. And at the end of the day, if they really want to, they're going to. But if I can have a role in helping shape them to have really good um, business and personal morals and ethics of this things that we talked about, right, of like, not going through and, and bashing other dog trainers and not, you know, giving into, uh, you know, the, the reactive people of, of the trolls and things like that. Um, and, you know, if someone is in one of my programs and I can recognize that, you know, maybe they don't have enough dog training experience to, you know, really actually be building a business right now to actually help them see that and be like, hey, I love that you are wanting to do your own dog training business. I see that there are like, you know, some gaps and holes in your training. Let's kind of work on that a little bit more. And just, it's another way to give dogs a voice and not have more dog trainers out there um, that are taking in dogs and are not utilizing these tools correctly. And hopefully that will lessen the amount of, you know, people that become haters of these tools because they went to a dog trainer that didn't really know how to use them, but they wanted to start their own business. Mm. And then um, they use these tools incorrectly. Um, And then we're more into this battle of there's a lot of compulsion based trainers out there and everyone should be pure positive and you, you know how how the mm-hmm. how the rhetoric sort of goes and you know that um volatility in the industry so you know for me i have two things that i'm i'm really focused and passionate on so obviously still the dog training um i started a new company called team canine training um it's an acronym and it stands for training education, application, and mastery. Um, So I'm really focused on not just the training of the dog, but the education of the human and the application of that training. Uh, So that's, you know, where I'm doing, you know, my my board and trains, my virtual lessons, you know, all of that good stuff and doing my online courses, which um, I have redone all of my courses. I am a firm believer that um, online courses need to be revamped 
And my courses that I had made three years ago are kind of like more outdated information. So I'm redoing all of them. Um, and then also I have my dog trainer business school. So that's literally what it is. Uh, you can find it on uh, Instagram of dog trainer underscore business underscore school. Um, and that's where I have uh, my what I'm calling my flagship program, the dog training business accelerator. And it's essentially a seven week guided program step by step to help um, aspiring dog trainers uh, create their dog training business from the LLC and the EIN and um, your insurance, how to develop your social media, your contracts, how to run board and trains, private lessons, literally everything that you need in order to launch your own business um, in a seven-week course. So uh, that's really where a lot of my passion has gone into because like I mentioned before, after um, you know, just not being able to have access into my previous business, um, I just, I, you know, kind of found a, a new passion elsewhere and that's actually teaching other dog trainers on how to launch their own business. <laughs> mm, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that we're looking into too, is because it's just, we get, we get asked so much and I'm like, okay, I, this isn't even on the menu and we're getting asked to it too much. So I'm glad that you're, you're doing that because it's definitely needed. Oh, yeah. I, I think that, uh, you know, if a variety of dog trainers can do that, just like there should be a variety of online dog training courses, because not everyone's training style is going to fit. Um, and, you know, the, you know, a variety of where people can learn from is also good. And I think that a variety of where people can learn to launch their business is also really good as well, because there are some things that you could probably teach that I have no idea about. Um, and there are probably some things that I could teach that, um, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe you don't have any idea about it. So, <laughs> Definitely. Uh, <laughs> so I think that it's something where I feel like I'm, I'm filling a niche in the industry. So that is what Natalie is up to these days. Um, just kind of focusing on my two different businesses and, uh, hopefully, uh, get back into the groove of uh training dogs and putting out good content again uh because i know that a lot of people whenever they find my account they're like where have you been I've, I've missed a lot of your content so just getting back into that that's great well i'm happy for you and i'm and it was a it was a pleasure to hear your story and just go over the things and the hardships and the ups and the downs and the plateaus and all the stuff that uh everyone deals with and so, I, so thank you for being vulnerable and, and, and strong and putting yourself out there for other people's benefit, really, to help grow them. And, uh, you know, like Natalie said, you can reach out to her if, if you ever need, uh, need somebody to talk to. And just remember, you know, you guys pick your, pick your tribes wisely. Pick your leaders yeah. wisely. I mean, do you want somebody that represents your community sitting behind a screen, yelling and shouting and swearing and saying how other people are sucky? Or do, do you want somebody maybe more like Natalie that just ignores all the BS and just tries to help people and help dogs? So Absolutely. That's or, or like yourself as well. I've, uh, I've really, I, I regret that we weren't able to, you know, meet up uh, this time last year. Um, but, you know, maybe at, at some point I'll find myself at, at one of your seminars yeah. and we can... We can have a, a pint together or something. For sure. <laughs> yeah, that would be lovely. 
this has just been a pleasure and I really appreciate uh, you just, you know, reaching out and us being able to connect. Uh, you're definitely someone that I've always really appreciated in the industry, especially your professionalism um, and your dog training and just your very obvious passion and love for dogs and just wanting to give to people. You have so much value that you have put out there. It's absolutely just overwhelming at times just looking at how much value that you have put out there so thank you. um you know also thank you for what you've done in the dog training industry you're definitely like a very big voice out there and um a very professional voice that i am just really glad to you know be aligned with so um thanks for being you tom <laughs> thank you all right i appreciate it and thanks for hopping on and we will catch up soon Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks, Tom. All right, Natalie. Thanks. Bye. All right, you guys, we have reached the end of the podcast. That was a doozy, eh? It was a great podcast. Uh, there was tears shed on both ends of the microphone. And thank you again, Natalie, for hopping on and telling your inspiring story. And I hope that it helps you guys out there. And uh, so we're going to get into some of these questions. The question is a five-star review from CK Lock 98 Thank you so much for the review. Hey, Tom, love the podcast. I think I already have asked this question before, but it got passed up since there were more than three questions in that day you recorded. So I'll ask again. Sorry about that. That's me telling you sorry. <laughs> I have a 70-pound lab, and I'm currently using a 3.2 prong collar, but it seems he is in between sizes. If I take a link out, it feels too tight, but with one more prong, it's too loose, and then slides down his neck, and then he shakes it. I'm consistently adjusting it for his size. Would you suggest a 2.25 collar? First of all, uh, okay, with a safety clip. First of all, if you don't have a safety clip, you need one regardless of what size prong collar you have, and there's actually a prong size in between the 3.2 and the 2.25, which is the 3.0, so you can get the 3.0 pretty much anywhere that they sell prong collars. So what I would suggest is, first of all, get a safety clip from my website, link in the description below. And yes, go to a, go to a 3.0. And then if you feel like that doesn't work, which I think the 3.0 for a 70 pound lab is perfect. Um, you could use the 2.25 by, by kind of Frankensteining your own collar together, but make sure you and anybody else that listens to this podcast in your ears right now that you guys use a safety clip for every piece of equipment that you use. Okay, cool. Great question. Thank you so much for the review. Next five-star review comes from Ken Stitt, and it's a five-star review. Thank you so much, Ken. Hey, Tom, you recently had one of your old clients on the podcast, and I referred them out to you due to lack of consistency and not taking their dog seriously. I truly appreciate hearing your take on the case. It's always interesting listening to another trainer's suggestions and hearing and heartening to hear you have uh, reiterated so many of the things I said. For the dog's sake, I hope you took your second opinions. I hope that they took their second opinion seriously. Good luck with the case. I'm hoping they use your words to heart. Well, thank you so much for that feedback. And, uh, it's my honor and pleasure, uh, to, to, to get the, uh, referral from any other dog trainer. And, uh, I appreciate the, probably the referral from you. So thank you. All right. Becoming a dog trainer. Claire, this episode is for you. You already know, Claire. Claire, you already know. I want to become a dog trainer, but don't exactly know how to start. Do I need to be certified? Do I shadow a trainer? Any tips? Well, if you listen to this podcast, we've answered every single question that you have. Okay, you guys, those were the three questions. Actually, let's just do one more. Let's just do one more because the one was really just feedback. So let's do one more. We have Noah here. Question for Tom. 
hey, Tom, it would be nice to listen to another guest trainer on the podcast. Could you get Will Atherton to join? I think that you would have some cool content. Will, Will is my guy from the UK, from Fenerer Canine, and I do plan on having him on the podcast really soon. And if you guys are in the members club, you already know that we've done a really great sit down when I was in the UK. And we have a, an awesome conversation about the dog training uh, community, the dog training industry. Uh, and again, if you're in the members club, you'll see that. It's a great conversation. So, all right, you guys, that's it for the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I truly do appreciate it. And thank you again to Natalie for hopping on. We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.